Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi, hi, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and we are here to talk about and celebrate the visual workplace, letting the workplace speak. Said another way, how to make work make sense. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get started, I want to uh, kind of remind you that I'm counting on your feedback and comments to help me shape this show. It's all about the visual workplace, but there are many, many aspects to that. And I want to emphasize the things that are important to you. So please feel free to contact me directly through radio at visualworkplace.com or through our website, visualworkplace.com. So our show today, on our show today, we're going to focus on the central framework of workplace visuality. I call it the building blocks of visual thinking. This will take a couple of shows to complete, and yes, it's that important. These building blocks represent a pathway, a new way of looking at problems, and a new way of solving them permanently by inventing visual solutions and embedding them into the landscape of work. You know, it's sort of like you're building a foundation of concrete and steel at the beginning of building a 40-floor skyscraper. That's what the building blocks are like for visual thinking. They need to be firmly grounded before we can move on to the more highly inventive and relevant, robust visual solutions that we know as a workplace that speaks. Now, I've mentioned this in the previous shows, that visuality is a language. The visual workplace is not just a bunch of point solutions, some stacked lights, a line or two, some addresses, a placard showing us how to wrap a wiring harness or to uh, administer a medicine. It is instead the language of your current operational system embedded into the landscape of work. It is the intelligence of your operational system, whether that landscape is a hospital Pharmacy, military depot, dry cleaners factory, or an open pit mine. Yeah, I I was once asked to bring visuality to an open pit mine. It was so interesting because the floor kept disappearing every day. (laughs) So on our roads and highways, the ones that we traveled on in my first show, we began to recognize that this visual landscape already exists in our communities. The traffic lights, 
the lane lines, the dotted lines that tell us when to pass, the solid lines that tell us that we can't, the speed bump. If you remember, that translates the sign that says slow down children playing into an exact behavior that we will perform whether we decide to or not. If you've encountered speed bumps along your speedy way, you know that, you know, the choice is taken away from you because the information is built into that field of value that we call the road. So these are the visual devices and they make up a kind of vocabulary. Again, I'm talking about visuality as language. These devices are like the words in a book. They mean something. And we put them together on a page. When we do, they become even more powerful. They convey this system of meaning, a system of words, and we understand. And our behavior changes. So if visual devices are the words, then the building blocks that we're going to discuss today are sort of like the grammar, the syntax, the structure that holds these words together. In the first part of this show today, I want to share a couple of definitions of two really important conditions, a visual workplace and also the definition of visual thinking. And then I'll be talking about the first building block. It's called eye-driven. And it requires two questions to drive it. In fact, there are eight building blocks to, um, to visuality, but we're going to have to cover the other seven in another show. There won't be enough time. And the other seven are standards, the six core questions, sounds very exciting, doesn't it? Information deficits, motion, work, value field, and motion metrics. So, so this will be very interesting. What I'm planning to do is alternate a kind of primer or where I kind of bring you up to speed and lecture on visuality the way I am today. Hopefully some of you will call in so it gets a little bit more interactive. And then on, at other times, every other time, I'm hoping to have an interview with a subject matter expert. And I'll announce who that will be at the end of today's show. Someone very exciting, I think. As with every... Every show that I do with you, I want to share things so that you can do things differently, more or better, as a result of your listening immediately, tomorrow, today. And I'm going to call forth a couple of tools that we'll go over today, and I'm going to ask you to try them out. And in addition, I'm going to ask you to send me photos of your applications. I love photos, and I would love to post them on our website, visualworkplace.com, They're really very, very good way of learning, especially if you do some befores and afters. But no matter what, I'm so interested in your visual devices, in your visual language. So let's begin now on today's subject, the first building block of visual thinking, eye-driven. It's called eye-driven, and it's going to take a bit of time to peel it back. But it's time well spent because eye-driven is at the very heart of what makes visuality work. It's part of what makes it a language and not a bunch of solutions. The eye-driven, as you'll see, is what makes visuality, in my opinion, the most powerful process for cultural transformation and alignment on the planet today, even as it produces 15 to 30% increase in productivity, however You'd like to define that term, productivity, reduces risk, increases quality and on-time delivery, and dramatically lowers costs. And I'm talking about any setting, hospital, open pit, mine, dry cleaners. Okay, it's a universal language, 
and we understand it universally, no matter what language may be our own to speak. Okay? So let me introduce these two definitions. And I consider these two the workhorses of my approach to the visual workplace. And I will say that my approach to the visual workplace is something that I've constructed over the last 30 years. And I've had my failures, believe me. And But at the same time, the, the failures have taught me how to become successful through the next cycle or iteration. So it's been a very interesting opportunity of researching and developing a formulation, which I hope makes sense to you. So here's my definition of a visual workplace. It's a work environment. It can be a whole company. It can be a department. It can be a corner of a department that is self-ordering and self-explaining. Because it's self-explaining, it is also self-regulating. And on the higher levels of visuality, we also get this loop called self-improving. In other words, it gives us feedback in our behavior that immediately helps us to improve our behavior further. If you're familiar with the terminology, it's a built-in PDCA, plan, do, check, act loop. So that's the work environment, self-ordering, self-explaining, self-regulating, and self-improving, where what is supposed to happen does happen on time, every time, day or night, because of visual devices. Because of visual devices. If you take those four words away, because of visual devices, if you take the visual devices away, you can't achieve that outcome. You just can't. You can get close, you can try really hard, but it's going to cost you. And you still will not get this thing that visuality brings us, which is a language of performance that is exact, reliable, repeatable, embedded. It's really the language of adherence. And that's why I say that visuality is your intelligence captured in devices so that we and you and I and they can adhere to it, can follow it, can conform. If you take the road signs away, the traffic lights, the lane markings, pass-don't-pass devices, if you take away the speed bumps, you not only don't achieve a self-ordering, self-explaining, and self-regulating location, but you also get the extreme opposite. You get confusion, mistakes, frustration, accidents. You get mayhem. You get no economy. You take away those those visual devices from roads and highways, the local economy collapses, the national economy collapses, we become a completely different nation of effort. Okay? So, so what I want to do now is kind of start unnesting those two definitions. We're going to march through the first building block of visuality so that you can understand what that is. And as I said before, so you can start to put that to work in your own company, in your own work area, and for your own satisfaction. A visual workplace is very satisfying because in a manner of speaking, it obeys. It obeys you and you obey it. You're in a kind of harmony, a kind of balance where the workplace is speaking and you're responding to it. And it's speaking to you in a language that you understand because you put that language in place. And I want to emphasize also that I'm not just talking about operators. I'm talking about CEOs, plant managers, hospital directors, doctors and nurses, supervisors, 
the purchasing department, the marketing department, all of those areas are workplaces. All of those people are workers. They come to work to make a contribution. They have a special skill. And visuality is a language, a kind of insurance that they can get their job done in a way that's very satisfying for themselves, for their colleagues, and for their customers, whoever they may be. So in talking about a visual workplace, I want to say that there is, in fact, a simple reason why a visual workplace is needed, and that is because people have too many questions. It's so interesting. Questions are a part of language, aren't they? They're a vehicle for information. Some of these questions are asked, but most of them are not asked. And when people don't ask questions, they do one of three things. They either do nothing and just wait until the answer shows up. They hope, they hope, they hope. Or they go hunting for the answer. Or they make stuff up and move ahead on their own best guess. They just make stuff up. Sometimes the stuff that they make up is works in favor of the company and of themselves, but sometimes it does not and the stuff goes wrong. It goes half wrong, all wrong, or sometimes dangerously wrong. Now, you may wonder, as I did, why don't people ask questions? Why don't they just ask? And honestly, the best answer I can give you is practically no answer at all. That answer lies in the mysteries of the human heart. Some of us don't ask questions because we don't want to appear ignorant or uninformed. Others don't ask questions because they know that nobody has the answer anyway, so why bother? Still others have not been told the truth in the past, intentionally or otherwise, and so they've learned not to trust the answers they are given, so they don't ask. It's very interesting. It's a big problem in the workplace, and there's still others who don't ask because, frankly, we resent having to ask the same question again and again and again and again every single day. What do I do next? Where is the material? What are the specs? Ordinary questions like these, asked repeatedly, rob us of our dignity if we have to ask them again and again and again. You've been in that position. We feel childish. So we're going to continue this discussion after the break, and I'll just add that sometimes we don't ask questions because our boss is half our age, brand new to the company. We've been here for 23 years, and you know what? Why should that person know when I know more than that person knows? That kind of funny thing that we do inside of our mind and our heart. So we'll pick this up again when, you, when we come back. Thanks a lot. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean 
Training Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. No family can survive on two incomes anymore, let alone one. If you are supplementing your family's income working from home, then tune into The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio. Host Deb Bixler brings you sales tips, lead generation systems, and best business practices that guarantee direct sales success. Whether you're looking for a little extra cash or a career change, The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio, will give you proven systems that will work in your home business. The Cash Flow Show. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hello again. Hi. So we were talking about questions. We're trying to understand why is a visual workplace so important. And, you know, one of the questions that I've been getting since I started this radio show is, how can you have a radio show on the visual workplace? It's so obvious. It's just a bunch of devices. What are you going to talk about? Well, I want to talk about, I'm talking about this very thing, what is at the heart of visuality and why is it so needed? So we refuse to go after the very answers we need as we were talking before the break. And instead we get angry or we go numb or we do nothing. Does this sound familiar? Or as I mentioned, we just make stuff up. We hope for the best. Yet if we repeatedly don't get plain, accurate and complete answers to our plain questions, we start to ask other kinds of questions. We roll our eyes skyward and we say, is this what I'm here for, dear Lord? This chasing down tiny answers to the same old tiny questions I asked yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. Oh, dear heaven, show me a way out of here. Give my life more meaning. And for those of us who are more philosophically, or I should say less philosophically inclined, the inner protest might sound something like, what the heck is this? Chasing down the same old stinking answers day in and day out. I'm, I've had it. I'm out of here. And the thing that's interesting is that neither person may actually quit. We all have bills to pay. We have loved ones to support. And besides, we may genuinely like our job. 
and the company we work in if only the struggle would stop, if only it made more sense. So we stay, or at least our hands and our feet stay. But we sometimes leave the better part of ourselves in the parking lot, in our car with the windows slightly cracked so that that part is still alive and breathing and waiting for us when the workday is over. This is not what we signed up for when we agreed to take this job. It is not how most of us want to earn our daily bread. Most of us want to earn our living in a meaningful way, in a meaningful way, doing our work and expressing what? Expressing excellence. Excellence is an appetite. Faced with the insanity of tidbits, some of us go numb, others of us go ballistic. And at the center of this situation is an issue that affects and shapes much in our daily work life, not just in the United States, but in the world of work around the globe. And that issue is simply who gets the power. That is, who gets the power to have the answers? Who gets the power to get the answers when and as we need them, complete accurate and timely without special efforts. We're going to be talking about information hoarders when we pick up the other building blocks in another show. But you know, sometimes people have answers and they don't share. A long time ago, we learned that information is power. And that is exactly why so many people feel disempowered when asking questions and others feel far too powerful when answering them. One way or the other, asking and answering questions has become a play of power in far too many organizations that is highly destructive to the journey to excellence. Hmm? I hope you don't work in a workplace like this. I hope that visuality will simply add to the journey of excellence you're already on. But if you're a CEO or plant manager or the manager of a dry cleaners and you are looking for a way to increase the harmony, increase the flow of information, increase the service to your customers, increase the staying power of your workforce, visuality is the ticket because it is conveying the very information on which our daily life be depends. So since the primary purpose of a visual workplace is to make the answers to vital workplace questions re readily and easily available without speaking a word, I want us to look at the question of questions. And that brings us to the first building block, eye-driven visuality. Because when you look closely at all the questions that you ask when you're at work or that someone else asks you, you will discover what I did, which is only two questions drive them all. They all devolve into two questions. The first of the two questions is this. What do I need to know? That is, what do I need to know that I don't know right now in order to do my work or in order to do my work better, safer, safer, more accurately? What do I need to know? To begin with, need to know questions are very basic. 
If you work in a factory, an urgent need-to-know question might be, where are my pliers? Can't begin any work if I can't find my tools. In a hospital, it might be, where are those patient charts? Who's being discharged today? In an accounting office, it might be, where's that report you were working on yesterday? Where is it? I need it now. I need to work on it too. Such plain questions. But people have to work so hard to get a plain answer. There are your pliers. There's the card. There's the report. And all the while you mutter, what's it doing there anyway? (laughs) You know, it's a sad state of affairs. So I want to give you just a few more examples so you can wrap your head around this. Because what do I need to know? As I'm going to make a point of later is when you get these answers embedded, they give you a sense of control. And when they are not available, we feel out of control. The word I used before was disempowered. Culturally speaking, things are very, very shaky. So in the factory, here's some more need-to-know questions besides where are my pliers. I need to know what I'm supposed to run next. This is a factory. I need to know where the material is for this order, where the fixtures for the changeover, how I change over the machine. When will the sub-assemblies be ready? Who's on vacation today? Where's my supervisor? Who is my supervisor? <laughs> that's, not a, that's one of my favorite jokes. Excuse me. I hope it is a joke for you, too. Hospitals. Here's some need-to-know questions besides which patients am I supposed to be looking after today? Where are their charts? I need to know... If the, when the doctors will be here today, is, does this kit that I'm using contain everything that I need? How many beds will be freed up this week? Where's my supervisor? Who's my supervisor? In the accounting office. Where's the report I was supposed to be working on? What, ex, when exactly is it due? What, what appendix do I include? Who will I give these corrections to? How do I ship or email a confidential file? And, Where's my supervisor anyway? (laughs) Plain as they sound, these are the kinds of questions that drive visuality, and when the answers are absent, they drive us crazy. Because once you track down the answers to your need-to-know questions, what you and you will eventually find those answers, in a visual workplace, you translate those answers into visual devices, visual devices that embed that information directly into your work area or your value field, so you never, ever have to ask those questions again, and no one ever has to answer them. You keep going from there through cycle after cycle, translating your answers into visual, uh, sorry, translating your questions into visual answers, and you build this robust very effective visual work environment. Now, I want to point this out to you. I want you to notice that this first driving question does not say, what do we need to know? It says instead, what do I need to know? And that I is you, and that I is also me. If it did read, what do we need to know, you would be faced with yet another challenge, And that would be a meeting. If it did read we, then you would have to meet with others in your area to discuss and decide which are the most important need-to-know questions, what are the possible answers, and is it really necessary to bother with any of them anyway. You would meet and discuss and analyze and probably vote and meet again. And there'd be no guarantee that enough people would agree with you and your need-to-know for you to get that answer embedded. It's a very dreary process. And that's why I specifically put an I in there. 
And since that I is you, that puts you in the driver's seat of your own visual inventiveness, of your own visual language. This is a great idea. After all, you know which questions you need answered better than anyone because they're your questions. And you know your work. And that me, and I'm talking about Mrs. CEO, Mr. Supervisor, all the operators, all the engineers. That's you. When I talk operational, I mean the levels of operational functionality. You know your work, and that means you know what stands in the way of getting that work done. So there's not only no requirement for you to present, discuss, analyze, vote, doing so would defeat the very purpose in your asking that question in the first place. Simply ask the questions that drive you, drive you crazy perhaps, and answer them, and then translate those answers into visual devices. Populate your work area with those answers so you never have to ask them again. And to that we say hooray. You and I have confidence in that I. That I is us, each one of us. It is the starting place of all workplace visuality. And this has very, very significant implications for your implementation methodology. We're not going to talk implementation on this show, but we have many shows in which we will because it's important. But you need to know the building blocks first. The visual workplace is an I-driven methodology. And because it's so important, I want to make the point again using other words. The visual devices you create are triggered by your own need to know. Your need to know drives the visual devices you create. You and you alone are the person who decides what your need to know is and what the visual device will be that answers it. As long as your device does no harm to anyone or interfere with someone else's work, Other people do not need to agree with you. You're in charge. You are in control of your corner of the world. Let me put it this way. With these visual devices, you will become in control. You will get control of your corner of the world. So, I hope this is exciting to you, and we'll pick this up, talk about teams, where teams fit in right after the break. Thanks very much. the boardroom to you voice america business network entrepreneurial insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership presented by sunbelt business brokers the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world entrepreneurial insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners if you own or want to own a small business listen for entrepreneurial insights with john davies pino bacinello and matt ottaway fridays at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america business channel Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. 
Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. G? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. G airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. So... Just before the break, we were talking about eye-driven and need-to-know, need-to-share, and the way that we identify our need-to-know, our need-to-know, we ask and answer those questions, and we turn our answers into visual devices. So you might say, you know, and, and remember we were talking about how it says, what do I need to know? And you might say, you know, that's a lot of I, 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 I. Where do teams come in? Because teams are very, very important for world-class companies, for operational excellence. Well, here's my take on teams. I'm going to say it in two parts. The first is that some companies, not all, but some companies, in my view, move too quickly to teams. Usually that happens when the CEO or VP of operation goes to a nifty seminar and learns that teams are one of the keys to world class, uh, to world class. And it's true. Except Miss CEO comes back and will often simply put teams in place by mandate. She'll call everyone together in a big meeting room and say, bless you, bless you, you, we are now a team. And then small groups start meeting in small rooms, and it's really just politics as usual. Whoever has the loudest voice rules, the dominance hierarchy has once again found a safe home. I'm not saying that has happened in your company, but there's a danger. While teams are crucial for the journey of operational excellence, things often don't start that way with teams. Because you know what? To have a great team, we need strong individuals. We need individuals who use their strength, not force, to get the job done. Okay? And in far too many companies, people have to be brought up first. They have to, you have to de- help people develop first before they can function well with others. So in many companies, the role that visuality plays is to help people develop, to groom people to have a more active work culture. And if you're familiar with lean, which is a way of putting in um, a pull and time into your system, 
it's a way to prepare for lean so that when lean comes in, which is much more dramatic and changes many, many physical uh, elements of your work environment, people are ready. They feel their own strength. They have flexibility. They've gone on the journey of self-development. Visuality really plays that role and makes that contribution. So now let's turn to the second question. We had the first driving question. You'll see how these work together now. We have the first driving questions, what do, question, what do I need to know that I don't know right now in order to do my work? And if you're worried about where teams come in, they come in with the second driving question. And that is this. The second driving question. The second question that drives workplace visuality is, what do I need to share? Let me unnest that for you. What do I know that others need to know that I need to share in order for them to do their work or in order for them to do their work more safely, better, faster, at less cost? What do I need to share? Please notice that this second question is still formed around the I. It is still I-driven is what I call it. But instead of actually you driving the question, it is you who responds to it. The second question drives you. Drives you where? To the next level of visuality in your area, triggered by the needs of others. Your focus, which was squarely on yourself before as it should be, now turns to others, how may I help you? This is exactly uh, like the instructions you get on an airplane. If we are having difficulty and the oxygen mask drops, put it on yourself first so that you are then able to help someone else. But you'll both be in danger if you try to help someone else and you're not in a good, safe position yourself. With the what do I need to know, we gain control of our corner of the world with our what do I need to share out of that psychological and physical safety that comes out of that sense of control and that actual control, we extend ourselves to help others. At the heart of this second question is the recognition that each of us has knowledge and know-how that other people need in order to do their work, do it more safely, whether those other people are co-workers, a supervisor, a manager, internal or external suppliers and customers. They are all our work companions. We are all on the same team, strong individuals. Whether we will ever sit in the same room, they are the customers of the information that you know. Let's take a look at those three work areas that I was talking about before, the factory, the hospital, the accounting office, and hear what need to share sounds like in those settings. So in a factory, the planner may come up and say, what are you working on now? You need to share that visually. Planner says, when will it be ready? You need to share that visually. Supervisor says, Where's the order you just completed? Share it. Accounting says, where's my report? A cooperator will say, what's my next changeover? And where did you put that fixture that you used yesterday? Need to share. Quality. Do you see their need to know becomes your need to share. Quality comes in and says, where are those defective parts you told me about? You see the person is looking and you create a visual device so the next time they come through, they don't have to ask you. They go right not that they're not friendly. They don't, they can just go on and do their work. In a hospital, which patients are mine today. And by the way, hospitals have a lot of visual devices. 
A newcomer might say, where do you keep the blankets? That needs to be shared at a glance without speaking a word through visual devices. Hey, where's the emergency kit? When are you sending down Mrs. Smith? When will Mrs. Riley be uh, going home? How many beds will be freed up at the end of the week? All of this, okay? All of this information sharing, we are setting up a dialogue through visual devices. In the accounting office, for example, maybe in the purchasing office, an operator comes in and says, who buys sintered metals for the J-190s? We're almost out. Wants to know that at a glance without asking seven people. When will that report you owe me be done? Who do I get, give these corrections to? How many copies am I supposed to make of this joint report? All of these. There's, there are questions that happen a dozen times a day, a hundred times a week. What would it be like? What would you do instead if these answers were embedded into the physical landscape of work? What would you do instead? Hmm? You know, people don't always ask us directly for the answers they need. Instead, what we do is we see them wandering around our work area with no apparent purpose, looking here and looking there. They are in motion. That's the enemy. Remember, visual thinking is noticing motion and the information deficits that trigger that motion. Motion is moving without working. And that motion is the sure sign that information is needed. And when you see it, you go up to the person and you just say something like, um, excuse me, it looks like you're looking for something. Maybe I can help. May I help you? Bingo. Now you'll get the question. Oh, yeah, I'm looking for. Do you know where this is? And you'll give them the answer. And then just as with your need to know, you'll turn that answer into a visual device so that neither you nor they ever have to deal with that question again. You've embedded that answer into the physical workplace where it can be available not just to that person, but to anyone and everyone who needs it at a glance. This is exactly what happened to Sheila, ba Sheila Bowersmith. She was this fantastic first-rate machinist at Denison Hydraulics in Marysville, Ohio. And she saw Karen, the new planner, wandering through her area. And she saw Karen was kind of looking around. And Sheila went up and quietly said, hey, can I help you? And Karen said very apologetically, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you, but would you mind telling me what you're running right now? Sheila told her, and then she decided, because she was a great visual thinker already, never to answer, have to answer that question again, and for Karen never to ask it. And she taped a yellow rectangle on the side of her machine. She welded a heavy clip in place, and every time she runs an order, she puts her order into a plastic bag and... and clips it on the side of her machine so Karen and anybody else can go right there and find her answer. The point is not that we don't like other people or don't like answering their questions. We simply know that our work life and theirs is about something greater than chasing down these informational tidbits. Visuality, starting with the two driving questions, clears the way so that we can pay more attention to our actual work function. And I will tell you what else happens. When visual is, is deeply embedded, you can, you can become a different kind of an employee. It's a different identity. So I want to give you a takeaway. I said I would. I want to give you a takeaway. It's a kind of a rule. And whether you're a CEO, an operator, supervisor, engineer, purchasing and marketing, whatever you're doing, this little rule will help you. I call it the first question is free rule. And it kind of puts the need to share into action. So let me just walk you through it. It's very simple. 
Notice the first time you are asked a question. Notice it. And when you're asked that question, like, what am I supposed to be making now? You answer the question completely and clearly and politely. But with this one difference, as that person walks away, you say to yourself, that's one. And then you wait. You wait until you're asked that same question again, either by the same person or anyone else. What am I supposed to be making now? As before, you answer clearly and completely and politely. And as that person walks away, you say to yourself, that's two. The first question is free. But when I hear the same question a second time, it's time for me to create a visual device so I never have to answer that question again and no one ever has to ask it. Hmm? Do you see? And if you were to take that on just as a, it's not methodology, it's a concept, it's a little tool, you would start getting a feel for how questions are ruling your life. And you know what else you can do? Get a little 25-cent memo pad, and in the front of the memo pad, just make a, a slash every time you are asked a question, and then flip it over, and every time you ask, ask you ask a question yourself. So every time you ask a, you are asked a question, you make a mark, and every time you ask a question, you make a mark. And you'll see how much of your time is spent in chasing down answers. Just keep track. It's a very simple metric. Be aware of the questions that surround you and understand visuality as a language, an intelligent language. And we'll pick this up and actually wrap this up after the break. Thanks very much. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We've just come off of the Great Recession, but we're not out of the woods yet. What will our world be like when we get back on course? Will the course even be the same as it was? For the answers you need to weathering this recovery, tune in every weekend to Going for Broke, How the New Normal Can Work for You, with your host, Eric Hovey. We'll clue you into businesses, individuals, and communities that are already making a difference and show you how you can do the same. Going for Broke airs live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Are you wondering if that MBA keeps you on the forefront of today's marketing innovations? Marketing has become a complex combination of both art and science. Our program will break these concepts down into bite-sized solutions that you and your business can actually use. Listen to Bite-Sized Marketing every week, where Brandon LaRock and his guests will demystify the latest developments in marketing technology for today's Internet age. Tune in to Bite-Sized Marketing, live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. 
keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to The Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's toll free 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi. Hi, so we've been talking about the first building block of visual thinking, eye-driven. And we've seen eye-driven in action through the two driving questions. The first question is, what do I need to know that I don't know right now in order to do my work? And the second question is, what do I need to share that you need to know that I need to share so you can do your work better? So this is eye-driven. And while this is happening, while you are visually answering your need to know and your need to share questions, something else is going on, and that is other people are engaged in the same activity. They're creating visual solutions, inventing visual answers, embedding them into the physical landscape of work. And what happens is a remarkable multiplying effect. That is, the result is far greater in impact than simply counting the number of devices in a given work area. It's like dropping a pebble in a stream. The ripples last longer and reach out further than simply the first splash. So when you create a series of visual devices driven by your need to know, you get control over your corner of the world And this is very psychologically, of course, and physically satisfying. You're putting in these layers, these need-to-know layers. And I want to uh, describe this to you as you're getting control of your locus of control. You're getting control of the spot that you're responsible for. Some people have a spot that extends out to the tips of their hand. You do a rotation. That's your locus of control. Other people, like managers, they have a much, much bigger footprint, we say, to be responsible for. Okay? But what happens is, as you begin to answer these questions, you're kind of creating concentric circles that are rippling out, rippling out, and surrounding you. And so you get this sense of individual competency, being able to do your work with the least amount of struggle. And other people are doing that as well. When we get to the need to share, so I want you to think of those concentric circles around you as, let's make them green, six, seven, eight, going right out to your fingertips. This is what you're in control of because you made it so, because you put visual devices so that you can basically do the dance of work. Now, when we introduce the second driving question, what do I need to share? You're reaching beyond your immediate workstation. And you're sharing vital information with those around you. So let's make those circles, because now you're going to start building circles of influence. Let's make those purple. 
And they go out around you, one layer, two layers, three layers, four layers, five layers. And in no time, they join the concentric circles that people are building around them. So you have this overlap of circles. It's sort of like throwing lots of ripple, lots of pebbles in the stream and seeing these, uh, this system of, of circles, of ripples. You've seen that. It's very beautiful. When it rains, you can see all of the circles beginning to uh, ripple out. And what you're doing in visuality, this is especially when you're implementing, when you're actually making it a organizational mandate and you're putting energy and thought and carefulness and follow-up behind it. You're creating a network of connections that weave the organization together, area by area, person by person, visual device by visual device. It becomes a powerful connected language. And you can do that within a company. And if you have multi-sites, you can do it across companies. You can create visual linkages that link those sites and set up this common visual improvement language. It is so powerful. So I'd like you to think about this. And I, as we're wrapping this up, I want you to understand, I want to make some special points that this eye-driven approach is actually deeply team-minded. It's one that asks each of us to take personal responsibility first for ourselves and then for helping others. Remember that that eye resides in all of us. So when other people in your area begin inventing visual solutions to their need to know, they are using their own eye as the anchor. Same with your supervisor, same with your CEO, They all are speaking a visual language. The I anchors each of us, each of them. And the result is not chaos or anarchy, as some people fear. I, I, I think is going to go out of control. But instead, it results in the very splendid self-ordering, self-explaining, and therefore self-regulating work environment that makes sense to each and every person in it. And the result is a visual workplace that is true and wide and deep. So this will get you started. We'll get you started becoming a master visual thinker. And as you can imagine, eye-driven is an important matter when you implement. In fact, in my experience, implementing through eye-driven will result in long-lasting, highly inventive solutions that are widely owned and easily sustainable. We will discuss that kind of line of logic in other programs. There's so much richness in the visual workplace. It'll take us a while to build this common understanding, little by little, week by week. But you can start by applying that in the first question is free rule right away. And as you do, your visual eyesight will keep improving. And it won't be long before you start seeing, you know what? You'll start seeing what's not there. (laughs) I'm not doing woo-woo. But you'll start seeing in reverse. I call it inverse thinking, seeing what preceded the visual device. And that becomes very, very interesting. So I want to thank you. I want to thank each of you for listening. And I also want to um, thank my sponsor, which is QMI Visual Lean Institute, and all of you who are on the journey to continuous improvement. You're improving your company. You're improving yourselves. We improve ourselves in the process. On our next show, I'm going to have the pleasure of interviewing Martin Hinckley, 
who's a NASA scientist and also an expert poke yoke practitioner. Poke yoke is the high, high level of visuality. I call it visual guarantees. Mistake proofing is probably what you know. He's also the author of Make No Mistakes. On the Pokioke visual guarantee level, we're looking at specific attributes. We're looking very, very deeply into the process. So he and I are going to be talking about mistake-proofing Pokioke visual guarantees, and we're going to particularly focus on creating an error-free hospital and error-free pharmacy. Here's an alarming bit of news. An estimated 44 to 98, that's a big spread, People die each year in U.S. hospitals due to errors, errors in attributes, very, very tiny errors that SPC is not capable of spotting because it doesn't happen frequently. Other research shows that 5 to 10 percent of all pharmacy prescriptions contain errors, 70 percent are significant, 14 are serious, there's a difference, I guess, and 16 are potentially fatal. So it's going to be a very interesting show. And please, I've been meaning to uh, mention that examples and some pieces from today's um, from today's show are on our website, visualworkplace.com, and we'll be showing pictures of what we discuss with Martin next week. And you'll also find a full range of Visual Workplace products and services there, including books and DVDs and standalone training packages. Very, very robust for a very robust outcome. So, I, again, I want to thank you very much for listening. Podcasts are available of this show and all my shows free of charge from Voice America. I also want to thank Voice America for being such great sponsors. And um, I look forward to the next time. I hope you join us again. And by all means, use these materials for training for your own workforce. Thank you very much. Look forward to the next time. You bet I do. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.